0: So we have a fatal flaw in the GOP. Democrats like to win and Republicans like to get attention and are happy to lose in the process. The show starts now. So a couple weeks ago, Matt Gates the Almighty pulled the pin on the house grenade and walked away. Now here we still are. On the brink of direct involvement in international conflict and scrambling to find leadership. Congressman Jim Jordan is an excellent choice, a patriot, a doer, a leader who is unafraid to fight for conservative principles. But yet there are some who don't really care, and would rather throw a wrench in the whole machine for some self-righteous BS reason no one beyond them can really understand. He did not vote for Congressman Jim Jordan, instead voting for Tom Emmer. Well, I guess my first question is, do you really want Tom Emmer to be speaker?
1: No, I don't. I don't like Tom Emmer. I figured this would be the worst job in America. Mike Rowe would not want to do this for his TV show. This is but, a terrible job. Okay,
0: so just to underscore that, you voted for somebody because you don't like them.
1: I, I voted for somebody because I wasn't going to vote for Jim.
0: Yeah, Jordan. But, but you don't. Democrats would never do this in the first place, let alone three times in a year, from the showdown to select McCarthy, to the removal of McCarthy, to the sabotage of Jim Jordan. We really just enjoy a circus, don't we? Democrats like to win, and Republicans like to talk and squawk and puff chess with no results. And this is the picture we are painting for the American voter. That we can save America, but we can't save our own party from itself. What a look. God help us, next November, God help us. But speaking of chaos, calamity, and childish behavior, folks, not only do college students seemingly not know which bathroom to use, they also appear to be incapable or maybe uninterested in distinguishing terror organizations from social justice movements, as evidenced on college campuses nationwide this weekend last. So this means these students who are supposedly educated or in the process of being educated whilst doling out tens of thousands on tuition they want you to pay for are either stupid or evil. Neither is comforting. It turns out heavyweight donors and executives don't wanna endorse, hire, or elevate terror sympathizers, and now these brats are shook, but it gets worse. Not only are these students blindly supporting Hamas, a terror organization, when they're taken to task for it, they play victim, and wait till you hear this, beg for donations to support their mental health. No, I'm not kidding, and no, this story is not from the Babylon Bee. The Harvard Arab Alumni Association is, no kidding here, soliciting donations because due to the consequences of their own actions, vocal and proud support of Hamas and demonization of Israel, they're having a tough time and may require legal counsel, health care, mental health support, financial aid, or mentorship to navigate these turbulent and uncertain times. Come again? These students who signed letters in support of Hamas are in need of sympathy and support? They need mental health help, all right, but for a very different reason than this donation shakedown would suggest. These little narcissists are so used to being coddled and so used to existing within the walls of la-la liberal land, they've been given a rude awakening, and it's a rude awakening they deserve. You know who has reason to ask for support? The Jewish students on campus who endure the blatant anti-Semitism and complete dismissal of their actual pain. Now, I'm not generally for blacklists or cancel culture, but I firmly believe employers are well within their rights and really their duty to purge pro-terror applicants from the talent pool. Joining me now to debate this hot topic and more is host of The Officer Tatum Show and podcast, Brandon Tatum. So, Brandon, I know that you've been talking about this. There's been a big discussion online about whether these students should be blacklisted or not. So I want to have you give my audience your take on this before I give you an explanation of mine.
1: Uh, Tommy, thank you so much for having me on. Yeah. I, you know, at first I thought that this sounds like them counseling MAGA people and and all of the council culture that I hate. This is what it appeared to be initially. But then my mother-in-law, who we were sitting at the table and she said, no, I, I hope they all get counseled. They don't deserve to work in these places. And I said, well, well, what's your articulable or what's your what's your articulation of why? And she blew my mind because I had to think back on. What are these people advocating for and what are they actually saying? They're not supporting Palestinians. They are actually supporting Hamas and just supporting Hamas or claiming to support Palestinians. So actually they want the extermination of Jewish people in in the Israeli state. So this is what they're advocating for. So employers especially employers that probably are Jewish, can say, I don't want terrorists working for me. I don't want anybody with this false ideology to be anywhere near my business, because what are they going to do when they get on the job? Are they going to become activists? Are they going to become terrorists? Are they susceptible to being brainwashed and you know indoctrinated, which they already are to a certain degree, but are they going to be indoctrinated by people who are terrorists, like Hamas? All of these things went into play in my mind, and I said, you know what? I'm now believing more so than ever that these businesses are well within their rights and responsibility to say, we're not hiring these lunatics. And I feel like they should do the same thing with Black Lives Matter activists who would come onto your job, cry about racism, get your whole company shut down. Now you gotta do the uh, diversity, inclusion and delusion. You gotta Mm -hmm. do all of these things to coddle people when all they're supposed to be doing is their job. This is not an activist rehearsal. You have a job to do, you do the job well, you keep your job. So I, I really believe that these idiots who are going out supporting a terrorist group, they deserve every repercussion that's coming their way.
0: I do, too. And to me, supporting terrorism and terrorist organizations, that's the line, right? So I think that there are college kids who go to college, and they are brainwashed, and they are stupid, and there's hope for them. They can change their ideas, their principles, their opinions. But I don't know when you're going from you know an Ivy League education like Harvard, you should already be somewhat educated, by the way, to get in and to be able to maintain your position at Harvard. So I don't know that these kids graduating in a couple of years or three years, I don't know if they're going to shake their affinity for terrorist organizations. So that's where I draw the line. I don't feel badly for them, Uh, and I think that cancel culture is coming back to bite them in the butt. And if it were the other way around, I think they would quickly cast out people like you or me, simply because we support Donald Trump. They would consider us part of the domestic terror organization. So I don't feel badly for these people one bit. I think they're getting a taste of reality that they desperately needed.
1: And here's here's the caveat. If we are like council culture, in my opinion, I don't like it when they counsel certain people, but at the same time, we do have recourse just like if Bud Light, and you know they, they've they gotten backlash like never before. I mean, they lost billions of dollars. But if a company decides to make a decision to counsel uh, the applicants who are conservative, who are Trump supporters, or whatever the case may be, go ahead and do that, and then the consumer can then give them the backlash of their lives, and then they have to change course. So it's, it's open game, man. If you guys want to go after the people who are, are pro-Hamas and terrorist group, do your thing. And if the pro-terrorist group individuals want to make a fuss, then don't shop or don't support that business. And then we'll see how that land. But I don't think many people would support anybody that is supporting a terrorist group. It is crazy to me that we have people in our country that are, so, and I say supporting Hamas, claiming that free Palestine, they, they don't want a free Palestine. If they really wanted the free Palestinians and they want the free Palestine, they should be wanting the free Palestine from Hamas from these terrorist organizations, not from Israel. that give many Palestinians opportunities to go and work. I was just there a couple months ago. I saw the the Israeli people and the Palestinian people working side by side. I would argue that most of the people that are working in in tandem with one another are upset with Hamas because they're messing up their opportunities. Now they can't go and work and provide for their families. They have to go back to, to Gaza. Some of the people that from Gaza, they have to go back to Gaza with no opportunities in a city that's probably going to be in ruins, you know, in, in the next couple months. So I, I just don't understand the logic, but I think that there's consequences for your actions. If you're supporting pedophilia, if you're supporting uh, terrorist groups, if you're supporting women's women getting abused in their own sports, if you are a rapist, sympathizer, whatever the case may be in America, you can voice that and say whatever you want, but there are consequences. And and there's consequences for good behavior and there's consequences for bad behavior. And as Americans, we have the freedom to be able to be exposed to both of those.
0: I want to talk about another uh, evolution that we just got today. Uh, President Biden over in Israel, you know, half the people he was meeting with don't want to meet with him anymore. He fumbled and bumbled on the stage with Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu as he fumbled through index cards because he couldn't come up with a coherent thought Himself, he had to rely on, you know, the the green-haired White House interns, I'm sure, to write those cards for him. But aside from that, he did announce $100 million, Brandon, is going to go to support the humanitarian effort for the Palestinians. But he has assured us on Twitter that that money is not going to go to terrorists. So I'm wondering, if the man can't even take the big kid's stairs into his own plane, how is he going to distinguish between a civilian who's been indoctrinated to hate Jews and a terrorist who is indoctrinating people to hate Jews. Uh, are you confident?
1: No. I mean, Joe Biden is he's dead. His mind is gone. He's just existing, falling up up and down stairs. He can't speak well and like you said, he's these are none of his independent thoughts. He's not controlling anything that's going on. Somebody who is like you said a bluehead Three-headed monster is writing these scripts and telling them what to say, and being politically correct and social justice activism is just oozing through their blood, and they're and then they're they're literally coaching him up to be this ter- type of person. We should give no money to Palestinians. We should give no money to anybody in Gaza. None, zero. They are funding terrorists. They voted for Hamas. It's a terrorist group. We already see Iran footprint on everything that's going on in Gaza. So we are going to allow them to get billions of dollars and then they fund Hamas and Hamas kill Jews. And then we're supposed to fund the Jews. It's just, it's how do we reconcile with having leadership that acts like this. I don't get it. I I really hope one day the people of America can wake up and say, we will no longer vote for these idiots that are running our country in the ground. I don't care about your virtue signaling. I don't care about what you think is right or wrong. We should not be funding terrorist groups and the Palestinians. I feel bad for the women and children that are affected, but your government did this to you. You need, you know, your government that you voted for, decided to launch an attack like none before against uh, Jews and the Israeli people. And the retaliation is what comes with that. So after you dust off the ruins and pick up whatever's left, you probably need to make a different decision about who your leadership is. But we should not be funding anything on the opposing side to our ally, Israel.
0: And, you know, I had uh, our mutual friend, Pastor Alan Jackson, on the other day, and we had a very frank discussion about Islam and Islam's inability to police its own. I'm not saying that Islam is inherently a bad religion or an evil religion, but there is certainly a problem within Islam to control the radical elements of Islam, and I think we have to be honest about that and start there. Now we're talking about U.S. involvement in Israel and in this war and in possibly putting boots on the ground in some limited capacity, and as much as I support Israel, I have a little bit of concern about this, Brandon, and I want your take on it, because it feels like a lot with what we did in Afghanistan and Iraq. We're going over to these countries, we're trying to pick and choose who's a civilian and who's a terrorist, then we end up in an endless war because we don't know who to trust, we don't know who to fund, we want to nation build, nations that are unwilling to adopt our principles, and they shouldn't, but they don't want to. So we push democracy on these people that don't want democracy or are never going to adopt democracy, and then we just purge millions and millions of dollars in American blood, and I think we're left with the same thing. So what's your take on it? How involved should the United States be? If Iran gets involved, should we do something? What do you think is the best case scenario for us as it stands now?
1: Yeah, it's a very difficult question for me because I think that we should stay out of these wars that people are fighting as much as we can, unless there's a vested interest for the United States to be involved and whether we can secure something that we already have established or whether we have an indebted relationship to an ally that can have mutual, um, you know, they can give a, a mutual Support with us, right? We don't want to just be funded a war for somebody and they can't do anything for us. So, but at the same time, I do believe in as a Christian that we should support the the Israeli people. We should support the Jewish people, and they deserve to stay in that land. and uh, And to a certain degree, uh, Islamic takeover of that region is very dangerous for the United States of America. It really is. I think the only sane portion of that region is Israel. The only group of people that are civilized to a certain degree on a mass scale is the Israeli people. You start going into Syria, you start going into Lebanon, it, it, they, they're, they're unstable and they breed terrorism. And so I think America has to be wise about this. I don't think we should be quick to jump into the wars with these people because then our American citizens are getting hurt. And I'll say this as, as well. We have to understand what the fight really is. This is not, they're, they're not like us. These Some of these people are not civilized some of these people are not looking at their children and love their children and support their children and believe in the things that we believe in. They, some of them believe in unibombing. Some of them don't mutilate women. Some of them don't care about their kids. They will literally jihad their entire their entire civilization on behalf of Islam. America is not the same. So we cannot expect that we're going to go over there and be diplomatic and we're going to have conversations with real people and then they're going to do what we want them to do. That's not going to happen. This is a religious war that's been going on for thousands of years and it's never going to stop. There is no amount of money. There's no amount of kumbaya. There's no amount of rubbing them on the back, telling them everything's going to be better to change the reality of a religious war war. This has been going on since Jesus's day. Religions have been trying to overthrow other religions. And America is not built for this fight if we're going to try to do it on a moral level. There is no morality in this. They want right. the extin- extinction of the Jews. And the Jews' only uh, ability to exist is that they fight back with everything they have. So America should wait and not be so quick to jump into this fight. Allow us to give the resources to, to Israel for them to fight their own battle. And and if we have to assist at the very end, before they take a their last breath, then maybe we can consider it. But I think they have to fight in them. They've been winning wars, you know, throughout the years. And I think that if we give them some level of assistance, they can do what they need to do without us getting directly involved. But like I said, I don't, I don't know what the tactic is in the region. I don't know. We see Iranian footprint in Gaza, they're damaging. Uh, I think it was in Afghanistan and or in Baghdad. It was in a couple of places. They're damaging the U.S. embassies. So I don't know if they're already signaling an attack on America. I don't know if we're already involved and we don't know it. We've let so many illegals come into this country, and we have no idea who these people are. Hamas could have already in Iran, and all the terrorist groups could have already have a strategic footprint in America. They're trying to do it in Israel, and they're going to do a whole takeover. And so. A lot of these things are very questionable, so I can't give you a clean answer. Those are just some of my thoughts on that, and I just pray to God that we're not in a position where we're going to end up fighting terrorists right here in America.
0: I feel as though we already are. I feel like we're already there, and I think that that's been indicated over the last couple of weeks, just the sheer numbers of people who are willing to go out into the streets and support terrorist organizations now might they just be protesting now and saying grotesque things perhaps but when you have that hate in your heart and you're willing to walk down the street in Michigan in Dearborn Michigan with Taliban flags with Hamas paraphernalia if you're willing to echo those things publicly I worry that terrorism is already here now the question is how is it going to be carried out and you're exactly right and we, we have to support Israel I think the best thing we can do to support Israel is to actually support them and support their mission and that means not criticizing every single thing that they do and then believing that they bombed hospitals which we now find out of course wasn't the case or probably wasn't the case, we can never say for certainty but we're figuring out you know, what many of us already knew that Hamas has been launching rockets into itself for years because they can't get the method down and they kill their own people because they don't care. They would rather kill a thousand of their own if they can kill five Jews in the process so here we are sitting here, and you've got so many people in this country who are supporting that, who are going to attack Israel relentlessly. I think the biggest thing we can do here is just to combat the propaganda. I don't even know if it's possible, though.
1: Yeah, we. you, you make an incredible point. I think people should just slow roll this, because a lot of people are jumping out and saying, look, they said that they beheaded babies, and they lied, and it's propaganda, and it's like— well, there's a lot of logistical things that happen. You know, none of the people that are reporting on the war are actually fighting in the war. You know, a lot of times they have, you know, soldiers, IDF soldiers that may have reported seeing children without heads and they, they claimed it, or maybe it was rumored that it would, they were beheaded when in fact they probably was shot and they didn't have a head anymore. So those things can be message down to the leadership and they may make a statement and it may not be 100% accurate. So that doesn't mean they're pushing propaganda. That means in war times, there's not somebody that's on the phone like, hey, uh, Netanyahu, let me just tell you what happened today. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on. They're finding bodies. They're fighting. People are getting attacked and IDF soldiers are dead, set on fire. People are getting raped and Hostages are being taken to Gaza. And so there could be some misinformation that occurs that does not mean that this propaganda. So I would err on the side of believing this because I've been to Israel. The Israeli government is very similar to America. There are functional, civilized government. The military is functional and civilized. There are defectors. There are people that do things they're not supposed to do, just like they do in America. And, and they act in the best interest of their country. Sometimes they probably do stuff they ain't supposed to do, just like we do. But to think that they're on the same level as Hamas and some of these Jewish, na- I mean, these, uh, these Muslim nations it's just asinine to me. So take the step back and say they're acting in good faith until we have unequivocal evidence that they are not. And that's the way that we support Israel. And and we have to understand there's a difference between Israel and a terrorist group. There is no comparison between Israel and Hamas. There's no comparison. If if there's propaganda being put out by Hamas, we can't can't say, well, the same thing is being done by Israel. These are not the same types of people. This is not the same government. It's not the same belief systems. I wouldn't be surprised that Hamas isn't killing their own people and bombing certain areas and putting it on TV to make Israel look bad. So then the retaliation begins to be justified in the minds of idiots against Israel. So... You know, I really do hope that people line it up, at least at least people in positions of power, our leadership, our government, at least they can give a message of support of Israel until we have evidence that we can't support them, right? If there's something that comes out, be honest. They all lied or whatever. But until then, we need to be in support of Israel.
0: I agree with you. I want to turn now to more chaos, uh, the speaker race. Uh, now I think the latest is they want to have a temporary speaker until they can get themselves together together. Um, To me, Jim Jordan is an excellent choice. Don't know if he has the votes to get there. Uh, To me, I'm also really frustrated because I don't think a lot of Americans really care who the speaker is necessarily, but they care that things are getting done and they care when they go to vote next November, the party that they're voting for can keep itself together and can operate. And I think we're sending a horrible message to independents and moderates that we can't do that. What do you think was going to happen next? And what do you hope to see?
1: Yeah, it's very disappointing. You know, I was slightly enthusiastic about McCarthy being ousted because there's, a listen, the Speaker of the House is a representative of the House of Representatives on the Republican side, whoever had the majority. That's all that is. There's nothing more to it. You're just a representative. To be honest, you are supposed to represent the thoughts of all of the combined members of the House of Representatives. You're not supposed to be a rogue person just making decisions on your own. So whether they have Jim Jordan or they have uh, Jiminy Cricket, it really should not matter because that person should operate on behalf of the majority House and what they want because the people have elected them to be there. And then that person is the person elected to represent them. And so I think it shouldn't be that big of a deal. But Republicans are sending a bad signal because we seem unstable. Even to a Republican, we seem unstable. I'm like, okay, we get rid of McCarthy. Now we're scrambling to figure out who is who. And then a gentleman was just on the news um, talking about he voted for somebody because he didn't like Jim Jordan. He didn't want to vote for Jim Jordan. And, And it's like we're not middle schoolers. We're grown men, grown women who should be making grown-up decisions on behalf of our constituency, not on behalf of our emotions. And so it's it's it's, it's mind-blowing to me that Republicans continue to do stupid stuff. We should be putting somebody in a position and we should be ramming it down the throats of these Democrats. And I will say this and I'll say this until I turn blue in the face. There is no bipartisan anything when it comes to, to the Democrats. We do not operate in bipartisanism, uh, if that's even a word. If we have control, we ram everything we want down their throats. They impeached Trump twice on BS. They did it wasn't about partisan effort. They rammed it down our throats. All these executive orders—they're—they trying to put Trump in a prison for the rest of his life. We should not be operating like McCarthy or any of these other people and saying we want to make be nice and we want to know we should ram it down their throats as much as we can and get as much done while we can. Um, because if we if they get control of the House, the Senate, the presidency, mm-hmm. our country is doomed. We're not going to recover for another hundred years. So,
0: if we ever I think will be able to recover. recover, I mean, I don't know. If, if we lose, you know, you know, I've been saying this. If we lose in '24, I don't know that there is recovery. Uh, it's gotten so bad in the last two and a half. I don't know how it gets worse, but I'm sure it can. Last thing I want to ask you about, in my perspective, over these last couple of weeks watching Governor Ron DeSantis operate, watch his firm stance uh, on on Gaza and not accepting refugees, his firm stance also going and bringing home Americans from Israel, his ability to communicate, his ability to lead. Um, To me, I've been very impressed over the last couple of weeks. I feel like he is acting like a president, maybe more so than our former president. And I want your take on that. Is he surprising you? Is he impressing you?
1: Yeah, he's impressing me. He's not surprising me. He's he been doing this stuff. I mean, if you look at Ron DeSantis and you take away all of the fluff and the excitement and the celebrity status, Ron DeSantis' track record is elite. Him as a man, his accomplishments before being in office, and what he's been able to do in Florida. I mean, the man is standing on every single principle that I think is, is reasonable, and he's standing firm, and he can articulate himself. The only problem with DeSantis is that – we have gotten into an abusive relationship, in my opinion, and I'm not saying Trump is all our bad guy, but we are—we're so used to the drama and chaos and and and, and mouthing off, and, and so we don't know what normalcy looks like. Somebody being normal to us is boring. Somebody being normal to us is is, is you know shocking to us, and we then shouldn't be that way. We need to have a person that can win on both sides and be able to get things done and articulate himself. Not somebody that's embroiled in, in drama all the time. And so when I look at the landscape, I say, if if you were to ask me who would be a better president, who would be more presidential, who could potentially have more, you know, flexibility to get things done because he's not half of the country don't hate him. I think Ron DeSantis has a better opportunity at that. Ron DeSantis has a better track record at that. Ron DeSantis will get things done, fix the election. All the things that Ron DeSantis say, he's doing it. The problem is Donald Trump is a celebrity. He is the man of the hour. And, and, and it, 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 it's just hard to overcome that. But I will say this. Two things will happen. Donald Trump will get the nomination, even if he goes to jail. He will probably get the primary nomination because people are just head over heels for Donald Trump. It's I don't know if he will win if he goes to jail. He goes to jail, I think he's done. Now, the scenario, if Trump wins the primary, He does go to jail. He gets he gets found guilty on any of these charges. Donald Trump should step out of the race. He should endorse DeSantis and say everybody in MAGA. This is our only hope. Endorse DeSantis. He would do an incredible job. He'll be a great president. And we need to win. If Donald Trump does not humble himself, if he is convicted or found guilty of these charges, we will lose forever because I'm afraid that he's going to say, well, no, just keep following me. It's a witch hunt. They, they put me in jail for no yeah. reason. Keep following me, and we're going to follow him off a cliff. So well, you know that- that's
0: going to happen, though. I mean, I don't see a world in which Donald Trump is going to say, all right, I want what's best for the party. I'm going to endorse our best candidate because I want Republicans to win. I don't see a world where that happens. I just don't. You're exactly right. It's going to be, vote for me. I will be your president from jail. Watch me. I, I feel like that is going to be the scenario and isn't that unfortunate you know brandon it used to be we would criticize liberals and democrats for idol worship and celebrity worship over on the republican side we'd be like we don't need celebrities you know we believe in america we don't need beyonce or jay-z on the stage for us we just have the values and the principles And how quickly that has shifted to where we are now, where it's like exactly as you said. Well, we want a celebrity, though. We want excitement. We want somebody who's going to have a mugshot. And and I get it, and I'm a fan of Donald Trump, but I just think that that's sad for our party, that that's first and foremost what we're looking at, and we're not seeing the great qualities in a leader that we have in front of us that could actually win. I don't know how we got here, but it feels a little hypocritical, if I'm honest.
1: Yeah, well, I, th- I think to a certain degree it does. It's a little weird, man, because you know I like Donald Trump. You know, I, I I want him to be a good president. I want him to do well, but I'm also realistic. You know, I don't care about Donald Trump more than I care about the the country. And it's not about Trump. It's not about one person. It's about the people. That's what the that's what our whole country is built on. We the people. It's not we the president. You know, and 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 I think this is very apparent in it, and it's 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 kind of scary to me that there is a cult like. Following that, Donald Trump has amassed, and I don't know if it's his fault or not, or people just susceptible to being a cult. But some people are in a cult, Tommy. They're in a cult. I was on the radio, and I was just. Pointing out the obvious that Donald Trump's selections. I mean, God dang. I mean, everybody hates him. He selected everybody that's wrong. We, we clamp, we, we cry about the FBI, but the director of the FBI was appointed by him. We didn't have an attorney general the entire time that Donald Trump was in office. He, Rex Tillerson, we had, uh, what's his name that? that uh, recused himself, Jeff Sessions. We had uh, William Barr that now says Donald Trump is a narcissist. And so you're like, hey, man, he needs to work on and explain how he's going to pick the next generation of people that he picked. This lady called me at two o'clock in the morning because I have a Google number that's out there. So she called my Google number at two o'clock in the morning and cussed me out and tell me how I shouldn't be on the radio and I don't need a platform because she pretty much said that Donald Trump is her God and how dare I I say anything about Donald Trump. And it was crazy. I am a Trump supporter. I said a million times that I'd vote for him, even now in the primary, and the ladies still call me. People come on the radio crying, telling me I'm not a Christian. Because how am I gonna judge Donald Trump? When I judge Biden every day on the radio, but I can't judge Trump because I'm I'm a I'm a you know a hypocrite and they they called in the radio. Somebody called my bosses on the radio and tried to get me off the radio because I dared challenge. The obvious things that Trump needs to improve on, COVID-19, right. you know, all of these things that he's saying. It's, so that's one thing that's concerning a little bit to me is that are we rational in our thought process when it comes to what's best for America? I love Trump. I would love for him to win and, and take it to these Democrats. But the thing that we have to evaluate is that we may be OK with Trump. We may be uh, uh, able to overlook some of the stuff that he's done. We may be able to see that this is a witch hunt. But does the rest of the country see it that way? And if they do not, we're going to end up like we did in 2020. We know that they did the fairest things in 2020. Stevie Wonder can see it. However, there was a lot of people that voted for Biden. I mean, I say for Biden. They voted against Trump. Yep. People came out the woodworks. People, people's, they feel like that their life will be ended and we would end up in, a, in an internment camp if Donald Trump was president. They've been able to convince people of that. And we have to acknowledge that maybe, just maybe, more people than we think hate this guy to the point of derangement, and they're going to vote against him again. And so we, as a country, we should be focused on America first, and we should have our options open to saying, may the best man represent the Republican
0: Party. And the best man who can win. You know, I'm right in line with you, Brandon. They call me uh, a Desimp a de all the time when I say nice things about Ron DeSantis, who... You know, a year ago, they said, was America's governor and a great leader. But all of a sudden, if you point out Desantis's accolades, you are a de-simp. So I guess I'm a de-simp, uh, but I'm an honest one. Thank you for always being honest, even when, you know, you get the backlash. I certainly appreciate you going over all these topics with me, and I hope to talk to you soon.
1: All right. Thanks, Tommy. You have a blessed day.
0: You as well, Brandon. All right, the openness to bringing in refugees from Gaza should be a disqualifying quality for any Republican running for office, but especially the presidency. Nikki Haley, nice flip-flop attempt, but I'm talking to you, and it's time for Final Thoughts. There is no circumstance or reason under the sun the United States of America should give Palestine a hundred million dollars or take in refugees from Gaza or from any region that hates our guts for that matter. These people cannot be vetted. Their intentions cannot be confirmed, which is part of the reason Jordan's King Abdullah has drawn a red line at taking in these people from Gaza. Watch.
1: a part of the question on the issues of refugees coming to Jordan, and I think I can quite strongly speak on behalf of not only of um, um, uh, Jordan as a nation but of uh, our friends in Egypt, that is a red line uh, because I think that is the plan by certain of the usual suspects to try and create de facto issues on the ground. No refugees in Jordan, no refugees in Egypt.
0: So, Muslim-majority nations don't want to take in these people because they're worried about the destabilizing impact these people could have on their governments, well that should be a giant red flag to Americans and Europeans who seem more than happy to play Russian roulette with these people and just hope for the best. Newsflash, you can't import people who have been born and bred to hate you and expect nothing bad will happen. In P.S., in case y'all haven't noticed, America has been absorbing the world's asylum seekers for the last two and a half years, and we are full, beyond full actually. But apparently presidential candidate and Miss USA military industrial complex didn't get that memo, or at least she didn't until she flip-flopped on it when the political winds changed direction.
1: So you, you agree with Ron DeSantis?
0: I've always said that. I mean, that's the last thing we want. One, because we don't know who they are. But two, Bill, look at the fact that Egypt doesn't want them. Why doesn't Egypt want them? For the same reason that we should not want them. It's because you can't vet them. There are so many of these people who want to be free from this terrorist rule. They want to be free from all of that. And America's always been sympathetic to the fact that you can separate civilians from terrorists. And that's what we have to do. Miraculous, isn't it? In just a couple of days' time, Nikki Haley went from being able to distinguish between civilians and terrorists to it being the last thing we would want. Imagine that. Now, I don't care that Nikki flipped to the correct side of this argument because I don't believe she genuinely feels that way because she's known for this kind of behavior. Another example, her back and forth on President Trump, who she dissed and then supported when he gave her a job and then went back to dissing. I don't trust her and I think she will say and do whatever she has to to appease whoever she's talking to at that time. FACT IS, SHE LOVES ENDLESS WAR AND THE MONEY THAT IT BRINGS TO HER DEFENSE CONTRACTOR FRIENDS AND THAT'S A DISQUALIFYING QUALITY IN MY OPINION. BUT YOU KNOW WHO HAS BEEN DIRECT AND DEFINITIVE ABOUT THIS FROM THE WORD GO? GOVERNOR RON DESANTIS.
1: MY POSITION IS VERY CLEAR AS THE FIRST PRESIDENTIAL candidate, SAY, NO GAZA REFUGEES, PERIOD. WE'RE JUST NOT GOING TO DO IT. AND WHY? BECAUSE WE DON'T WANT TO IMPORT THE PATHOLOGIES FROM THE GAZA STRIP AND OTHER PLACES IN THE MIDDLE EAST to the United States of America. They are taught to hate Jews. They are taught that Israel has no right to exist. The textbooks that they use don't even have Israel on the map at all. And so this is just endemic to their culture. It's a really toxic culture that's developed. So there's no reason to be importing that into the United States. And the idea that we can kind of separate like a terrorist from someone that may be a freedom lover, that just doesn't work. Uh, So, so we will not do that uh, when I'm president.
0: Good for you, Ron DeSantis, but it even took Donald Trump several days to make a very similar statement. I banned refugees from Syria, I banned refugees from Somalia, very dangerous places, and from all of the most dangerous places all over the world, I banned them, I said, I'm sorry. And in my second term, we're going to expand each and every one of those bans because we have no choice. Some very rough people, some very, very rough people come out of those areas. They want to blow up our country. We aren't bringing in anyone from Gaza, Syria, Somalia, Yemen, or Libya, or anywhere else that threatens our. Well, I'm glad to hear it, but the only GOP candidate who has acted like a leader and a president through this crisis has been... Ron DeSantis, Joe Biden can't even secure the release of American hostages or get Americans trapped in Israel home in a timely manner, but DeSantis, he did it in a week. Someone tell Joe a WNBA player is over there and maybe he will lift a finger, maybe. Leadership isn't waiting for the wind to blow or polls to be taken and then taking action. Leadership is making the tough decisions out the gate based on what is right and what is effective. Ron DeSantis did that and quite frankly, he always has. Those are my final thoughts from Nashville. God bless and take care.